Today on our annual Vision Sunday, we celebrate some of the highlights from the last 12 months and we look ahead into the coming year. And there's so much going on in the life of the church, we can only really touch on a few areas, but let's begin by a look back on the year that was. So this year, we will be focusing on what we've called Acts from Acts. We want to be inspired to do many of the things that the Christians in the book of Acts did. Good evening. The coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades, and this country is not alone. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. Welcome to our first ever online service, and we're thrilled that you could join us wherever you're connecting from. Living a fruitful life, gentleness, take three. On a day that is going to be 29 degrees and the humidity is beyond belief, so I hope I don't sweat too much. <laughs> okay. that it's taken this long and taken a video, seeing a man murdered on your screen to, to really wake people up and um, make people see that this isn't, this isn't something to put on the back burner. This isn't something to try and reason away because you think the media always um, inflates the story, but this is something to really delve into and reflect on. Not got my book. Could anybody help? Please. Let's bring the book in. The book in. We're using the two meter yes. stick. You need to sign up on the sign up sheet. Hello. Hi there, guys. It's great to see you. Bonnie, this is super not the right time. We're in the middle of...
When the church began 24 years ago, we had a sense of what the Lord wanted it to be, and we wrote a vision statement, which just in two sentences attempts to capture that, that vision, and uh, it remains as true today as it was then. God has called us to build a growing, regional, biblically-based church in Nottingham, which will, in a creative and contemporary way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. Rather than highlighting words and phrases within that statement, as I have in some previous years, I'm going to look back over the last year through the lens of the emphasis that we felt the Lord give us for, for 2020. Acts from Acts. We were drawn to this short paragraph in chapter 2 of the book of Acts, verses 42 to 47, which describes the very first church. And we were inspired to press into doing many of the things listed in that passage. Acts of devotion. Acts of unity, of worship, acts of generosity, of wonder, hospitality, and acts of evangelism. And as I prepared uh, this talk for today, I re-watched that inspirational film that our media guys made last year to begin to stir our imaginations. And that film is on the website on the Vision page if you would like to see it. I was struck by the way it unknowingly spoke into the year that followed. The guy in the film wakes up and begins his day. He reads the passage in Acts, which inspired us, and spends almost the whole day alone. The emptiness of the streets echoes the isolation we have experienced in this challenging season. He meets just one other person struggling in the rain, and inspired by the passage, he gives this guy his umbrella. The voiceover reminds us that the church isn't a building or an institution, and while church programs are wonderful, what the church does is made up predominantly of what individuals within it do. The church is a family who, inspired by Jesus, pour their lives out for others. And as the film says, the church is you and me and 10,000 little acts. In a year when the word restriction has been used so frequently, it can be easy to focus on what we haven't been able to do. But in preparing for this talk, I've been struck again just at how relevant the emphasis of Acts from Acts was. It may not have looked the way we expected it to, but it is wonderful how much the Lord has done through both individuals and also things that we've done together. And just as uh, reflecting in the, on the past 12 months has encouraged me, I hope that the stories and things we share today will also encourage you. We'll be showing lots of photographs in the talk. Just bear in mind, if any of them don't look socially distanced, that part of the year was free of COVID restrictions. So throughout this year, we've continued in acts of devotion. In March, we moved many of our ministries online, including Sunday services, Trent Youth, and Trent Kids, enabling us to gather virtually as a church. Many of you have been able to engage in church as a family, watching services together, and the children themselves have been able to get more involved. Without being prompted, a group of year four girls started to record themselves reflecting on what they were reading in the Bible and then sharing it on their microgroup 
parents WhatsApp. And as more children did that, the team were able to incorporate those videos in the online content. Being online has enabled people to connect despite not being physically in Nottingham, and including our Mandarin community, uh, some of whom had returned home, and so they're still able to join us from Taiwan, Malaysia, China, and the USA. Many of you watching today have joined us this year while we've been online, and we are delighted to have you with us. We want everyone to grow in their relationship with God, and in the last year, we have run a number of courses to facilitate that, including Bible Basics, First Steps with Jesus, and the Marriage Course, to name a few. We have people of all ages devoting part of their week to the church as they focus on growing in their discipleship on Zoe, Discipleship Year Plus, and the Gap Year. The early church was devoted to prayer, which shapes everything we do. Every Tuesday morning in term time, there are men's and women's prayer meetings online. Our students have met to pray every Friday morning. And when restrictions were eased slightly in the summer, they gathered to pray and prayer walked around the university campuses. Bow Down, a prayer event which usually happens in the Market Square, uh, was held virtually this year. And we estimate that nearly 2,000 people logged in and lit a candle as a symbol of Jesus being the light of the world. In November, we joined churches and denominations from around the UK for a national day of prayer and fasting. And throughout the week, people dropped off. Some even posted wood for the prayer beacon, which was burned as people turned up to pray through the day into the late evening. And we've seen some wonderful answers to prayer this, uh, this year. Jacob's going to tell you about a prayer he had answered. Hi, my name is Jacob Courtney. I'm 10 years old and I want to share the story when I was just praying most nights, just all the time. And I really wanted God to answer my prayer to help like the coronavirus. About a week later, since I last prayed, I got a letter from a research company telling me that I was picked at random to do a research to help the coronavirus. And I was just really happy and I really liked how God has helped me to like answer my prayers and stuff. Although we've not been able to gather physically since March, we've continued to press into acts of unity. You've supported one another through this really difficult year through small groups for adults, youth, and children, which have moved online. And reflecting on the experience, Adam said this, when all this started, it took some time to get my head around meeting on Zoom with our small group. But now I've got used to it, I've found our meetings have really encouraged me and recharged me spiritually. Let's hear from Kyle, who recorded this message for us from Nottingham Prison. A message to my brother Dave Ellis, and also to my brothers and sisters uh, who come from Champion Yard in Nottingham. Uh, my name's Kyle Timms, and I'm calling from Champion Nottingham. Uh, I'd just like to say a massive thank you uh, for myself, and also on behalf of my brothers uh, here, 
like, you know, we, we've found your help and, and encouragement. It's been a great source of support uh, to point us to our Lord Jesus Christ and to let us know that God loves us. Um, we, we, we've enjoyed time where we've worshipped God together with you in services that you've uh, led. We found them absolutely awesome and, and uplifting. Um, also, the discipleship groups uh, you've led here uh, to help us find our true identity in God Himself. Things that I've turned to for help that make things worse, not better. But like um, when I've got to know the Lord and had a full relationship with Him, I've been set free from within myself. Even though I'm in prison, I'm free. Because I'm free by the love and the grace and the mercy of a loving God that we have. And I want to thank you. Uh, Kyle sees us as his church and the support that he has here was mentioned in his recent parole hearing and was influential in securing his release. As a church, we've held numerous events to, to stay connected, adapting as we go, to stay in line with the restrictions at the time, uh, such as the student summer party, a socially distanced family nativity trail around Woolerton Park, and the shine party, which this year we did online, giving us the opportunity to join with other vineyard churches across the UK and Ireland with over 1,200 children joining in. On two Saturdays last month, 140 women gathered for the girls' room online. Goodie bags containing chocolates, a journal, and an individual prophetic word were sent to each guest. And one young woman uh, who had been sent, she'd been sent the song Beauty for Ashes by a friend, and that had really spoken to her. And when the goodie bag arrived, she saw the cover of the journal and the card on which were written the very same words. And she was really touched by a personal prophetic word, which as she was prayed for over Zoom. The death of George Floyd in May prompted us to engage more deeply with the issues of racial injustice. And in a variety of settings, we've stood in unity with our brothers and sisters of uh, various racially and ethnically diverse backgrounds. Debbie and I had a conversation around the topic of race with three black members of our church family, which filled most of a Sunday service, and both Trent kids and youth also addressed the subject. In addition to numerous private conversations and one very large conversation with those from different racial and ethnic backgrounds, we formed a steering group to help us better understand these issues and look at how we might practically move forward. We've also been working as a staff team to take further steps towards being a church where everyone can flourish. We've continued to engage in acts of worship online, in our homes, and when restrictions have allowed, in small socially distanced gatherings. One woman who regularly comes along on a Sunday talked about how precious they are to her. Her husband isn't a believer, and it's not easy for her to find a space in the house where she can focus on the service, and she has so appreciated the opportunity to gather with other Christians, even with all the restrictions. Worship has continued in Trent youth, Trent kids, in small groups and other online gatherings, and over the last year, we've worshipped in many creative ways, for example, at Closer and Carols by Candlelight on Christmas Eve. 
Let's hear from Lizzie, who's going to share her experience of worship this year. Hey, I'm Lizzie. I'm part of Trent Youth, and during lockdown, worship has meant the world to me. Worship to me is my way of communicating God's love for me and my love for him. And over lockdown, it's definitely looked a bit different, but I have definitely encountered God the same. Um, I found lockdown a bit hard, but through worship, it's kind of pulled me through. Um, I've been songwriting and posting things on Instagram, which has been great. Um, sharing my love for Jesus and seeing all my friends like respond to that has been great. And um, I definitely do miss worshiping um, in the youth building, but it's been great to be able to lead over like Zoom and um, over YouTube, which has been really fun. And I feel like worship has been the same and I think it will always will be. And worshiping um, God, especially in times like this, is very important. So I think it's great and it's definitely helped me and a lot of my friends um, during lockdown. Over 11,000 people joined us for one of our four carol services, which included wonderful films, worship, and an engaging talk, all created by people here at Trent. And for the first time ever, we had drive-in carol services. Even though we were mainly limited to our cars, it was wonderful to gather together as a church to worship and to connect. Our worship and production teams have done an outstanding job serving the church, but have also served the wider body of Christ through national conferences, which we broadcast from here, including DTI, the Vineyard National Youth Festival, where members of Trent Youth led uh, what we reckon was probably about 7,000 people in worship online. And just a few weeks ago, in place of what would normally be our national leaders conference, we held the first Vineyard National Gathering, and the evening sessions were broadcast live from here with around 20,000 people joining us online. We've seen many acts of generosity this year. Our regular income has sustained and even grown. Many of you are faithfully committed to giving financially to the church, and that is something that none of us take for granted. 22% of our income is set apart to be given away or spent on activities and things that benefit those outside our church. And from that fund, we've had the resources to respond to all sorts of needs. On top of uh, continuing to distribute furniture and household items, the Arches has been acting as a central distribution center for the food banks across the city. And since making the film we just showed, the amount of food donated by people and businesses that they've distributed has gone up now to 87 tons of an estimated value of 200,000 pounds distributed through eight food banks. Many of you have directly donated about 25,000 pounds worth of items, like Finn from Trent Youth, who got his whole street involved, setting up a drop-off point uh, in front of his house. We packed and distributed over 2,500 Christmas boxes containing treats, and games and fairy lights to organizations all over Nottingham to be passed on to everyone who accessed a food bank and to others in very challenging situations exacerbated by current restrictions. One distribution, distribution volunteer said this, the parcels are about so much more than food and gifts. They're about showing people in our community that we care and that they matter. 
Another told us that after delivering, after delivering a food parcel for six adults and four children on Christmas Eve, they were called by the recipient who was sobbing on the phone. She said, I feel like we're going to have a Christmas now. In response to the pandemic, we quickly created the Emerging Needs Team, and it wouldn't be right for me to share uh, much of what the team has done because of the personal nature of a lot of the support that was given. But here's just a glimpse. Food parcels were given to women fleeing domestic violence. Medicines were collected and furniture was provided. One young man who had only been eating cold food for weeks was given a microwave. A team of staff and volunteers made over 2,000 phone calls to people in the church, enabling those who didn't have internet access to connect and the grieving to receive prayer. Some of these calls have become weekly, ensuring that the most isolated are regularly connected with. When many of the students in Nottingham had to self-isolate, care packages were delivered to halls and student residences. Some students were down to, to their last supplies, like one guy who only had pasta and salt left. One parent wrote to say, we cannot say thank you enough. The contents are perfect and so well thought out. She literally had no provisions left. Being at a distance while our daughter starts life at uni is hard, and to see the church meeting this need is brilliant. She has already made links with the church and hopes to join you again when she's better. Families and individuals across the church have reached out to their neighbours Street WhatsApp groups have been set up and many of you have collected food and prescriptions and other essentials uh, for isolating neighbours. You've delivered home-cooked meals. After dropping off a note offering help, accompanied by a bar of chocolate to their neighbours, one couple received a thank you card saying this, thank you so much. I was very touched. It's the small acts of kindness that matter. It's so good to know there are good people out there to help the vulnerable members of society. Althea organized care packages containing hand sanitizer, chocolates, treats, and cards for her neighbors' carers and the bin men, as well as dropping off beautifully wrapped chocolates to 20 of her neighbors at Christmas, inviting them to watch the carol service. Eva and Joel from Trent Youth have delivered homemade cookies and cakes to neighbors, and on a number of, they did this on a number of occasions. Edward, who is six, wanted to do something generous for the family who run his local shop. He said, they've worked really hard all through lockdown, and I wanted them to know we appreciate them. So he made a thank you card and some homemade cookies for them. Hope was looking for ways to encourage people, so she wrote an encouraging Bible verse in colorful, washable chalk outside her house. Others of you have found creative ways to raise money for different charities. For example, Joshua, who is nine, cycled 2.6 marathons in 2.6 days on a static bike to raise money for the NHS. The Basford family completed a marathon by running laps of their street over five days, raising money for Emmanuel House. Let's hear how Rihanna, Sophie, and Meg showed generosity while they were on the gap year. So last year on the gap year, we were given the opportunity to go to Live Village in South Africa, and we raised £3,000 from the generosity of people in this church and our friends and families. 
but obviously because of the pandemic we weren't able to go and so instead we got the opportunity to visit charities all across Nottingham and we got to see the impact that they make on the people of this city and help out ourselves actually. So the first charity we worked with, we worked with Jericho Road, we went on a prayer walk and we were all so moved by the work they were doing to help marginalised women in the sex industry and doing video chats with women in prison so we decided to donate to them to help them continue to do that. We also went to Hope Nottingham where we helped redecorate the centre and we helped with their food bank a little bit and we helped them open their doors again to the people they were supporting. So another local charity that we worked with was Hope Into Action. Hope Into Action helped to house homeless people in Nottingham and support them. We got to redecorate two of the houses that they're currently working with and they also had some empty picture frames on the walls and we were able to be generous and bless them by buying some prints just to make their house a little bit more homely. So out of people's generosity to us, we were able to be generous to the city of Nottingham, the charities that are currently working to bless the people, and also to Live Village where we originally were planning to go. As a church, we've been able to give financial gifts to numerous other organizations working in this country and abroad. At the carol services, the offering came to five and a half thousand pounds. So we added to that from our set apart fund and sent Home for Good, a charity dedicated to finding a home for every child who needs one. We sent them 15,000 pounds. We have for years responded to international crises through Tear Fund, who are able to rapidly respond in desperate places through uh, the churches in those areas. COVID, hit the Democratic Republic of Congo on top of an Ebola outbreak. And then there was the devastating explosion in Beirut. And we responded as a church by sending Tear Fund 35,000 pounds. We financially support a number of people who are ministering in other countries, including Cat and Mary, who lead Love the One in India. Uh, we sent them 15,000 pounds that was needed for a Jeep. However, with others also giving, they got the Jeep but the need became clear for an ambulance, so our gift went towards buying that. And these photos were taken as it was awaiting delivery, and Mary messaged me to say that it arrived this morning. Wow. It's the first advanced life support ambulance in the whole district, which will help save many children's lives. We also gave to help meet the costs of emergency food distribution as COVID struck the poorest of the poor. In the last 11 months, the team at Love the One have distributed over 130 tons of food, dressed in PPE in intense heat in the poorest villages and slums. And astonishingly, they've now given out enough food for, get this, over 2.35 million meals. That is amazing. If you are giving to the church your money, has contributed to that ambulance and those meals, and lives have literally been saved because of you. This year, we've witnessed many acts of wonder. During our Sunday services, we make time to offer prayer, and we recently added phone prayer, but for most of the 11 months, it's been uh, prayers typed from the person requesting prayer, the person praying for them. And that might feel like a rather unusual way to pray, but we've heard from many of you that you've been touched 
by God's presence and even experienced healing, sometimes in response to specific words. We've seen people healed from uh, pain in their shoulders, necks, legs, ears, backs and eyes. Headaches have lifted. Swelling in the hands has gone. Chest pains from anxiety has gone. Toothache, knee injuries and so on. A woman responded to a word given about pain in the shoulder. She was prayed for online and reported that by the end she was absolutely pain-free. She said that she has seen and heard of others being healed before, but she had never experienced physical healing for herself. Seven-year-old Lottie had been experiencing symptoms of COVID for 10 weeks, including losing her sense of taste. And her parents prayed for her and she tried a piece of chocolate then to see if she could taste it. She could, and here's her reaction. We've also seen answered prayers in small groups. Let's hear about one of them from Pauline. Hi, my name's Pauline and I'm a student in the church and I'm telling you about a time I was healed um, in the first lockdown and it was over Zoom in my small group. And normally we do ministry time in breakout rooms, but this one week we decided to stay all together in the main Zoom and everyone was bringing forward their prayer points. And I'd actually hurt my knee in the past day and I couldn't walk in it, like I couldn't move really without a support on my knee. So I said, um, oh guys, it'd be really nice if you'd pray for me. So um, everyone kind of prayed over me. And at the moment I didn't really feel anything apart from like the peace of the Holy Spirit. But the next morning when I woke up, I noticed that the pain in my knee had completely gone, the swelling was gone, and I could move around freely. And I just ran to the group chat and I told everyone, guys, my knee's been healed. And there was like a little party in the group chat with all the emojis and celebration. And it just made me realize that um, even though we're all geographically separated in different parts of the country, God was still very much there and the power of the Holy Spirit was still alive. And um, it just made me realize that I'd been putting God in a box and I'd been limiting his power, but his healing power stretched even across Zoom and it was just really amazing. This past year as a church we have continued to uh, share in acts of hospitality in lots of creative ways. We recently started distributing hot food cooked by a team of volunteers to homeless people in the city and have distributed care packages for NHS NHS staff and care workers. Small groups of blessed key workers organizing treats for staff in children's cancer and radiology wards and a local school. And organized cream tea accompanied by handmade cards for a hundred staff at a care home. Our small groups have continued to show hospitality in their communities, organizing socially distanced street parties for VE Day and street sing-alongs. And many of you have shown hospitality to each other, despite the restrictions of the pandemic. The Jones family invited people to a virtual dinner. They made home-cooked meals and treats and delivered them to their virtual guests' doorstep with heating instructions. And at the arranged time, they FaceTimed them from the dinner table and ate together. You've also extended your homes to others, including international students unable to go home for Christmas. We've also continued in acts of evangelism. We're aware of 85 people who've become Christians this year, some of them through our ministries on the streets, which have continued uh, when restrictions have allowed that. And this year we had our biggest Alpha course for 10 years. Let's hear from one Alpha guest about her experience. 
Hi, I'm Vanessa. So I did the Alpha course online during lockdown. Um, and funnily enough, if it hadn't been for lockdown, I probably wouldn't have done it because I used to work away a lot with work. Um, but doing the course, doing Alpha, gave me a real relationship with God. Um, and the week about the Holy Spirit was a real turning point for me. I can remember we invited the Holy Spirit to come and I just had tears streaming down my face and I had this real sense of healing from things that I've been carrying from previous difficult years. And since then, I've just had this overwhelming sense of peace and trust in God. And it's been a really difficult year, hasn't it, for everybody. Um, you know, I'm single, was isolated during lockdown. I've been trying to keep my business afloat. I've moved home alone. But despite that, I've got this new foundation with Jesus at the centre. And I just have this renewed sense of strength and hope for the future. And a big part of that, I have to say, is my new Christian family, our Alpha group. Um, we've still not met in person, but we became really close during the Alpha course and we didn't want it to end. And we're now part of a small group all together, just doing life and sharing life together. And I'm just really grateful. Alpha being online brought with it many advantages. We've had guests attending from Vietnam, Uganda, and Bahrain, some of them in the middle of the night because of the time difference. Despite our not being able to do our normal baptism services, we still managed to baptize 42 people, almost half of those, while we've been in lockdown. And we've had to find creative ways to do that, including using a hot tub, a paddling pool, and our usual birthing pools here. So, so that's just a rattle through glimpse of some of the many things which we've got up to over the course of the past year. Just wonderful. The things we've heard about today are only possible because we've had the money to facilitate them. And that's only been possible because many of you have committed to giving generously to the church. Now, in previous Vision Talks, we've looked in some detail at how your investment in the Lord's work here has been used. However, in moving services online, our talks have become shorter. And so I recorded a separate video with more details about the finances, which is available on the website, trimpb.org, in the vision section. And if you're interested, I really would encourage you to watch that there. Let me just give you the big numbers. Our financial year runs from July through to the end of June. So these figures cover the period up to nine months ago. The total amount which came in in that past year was just under 2.37 million. That's amazing. And encouragingly, it's 10% more than the previous year. Including what we gave away, we spent 2.31 million, giving us a surplus of 55,000, which will be mainly used for needed capital expenses. Now, while these figures do look really positive, COVID-19 is already having a significant knock-on effect on the church's income, particularly Trent Conferencing, the business which enables our facilities to be hired midweek, essentially stopped back in March. And the almost £300,000 a year which that contributed to our, to our income has disappeared. Added to that, we are yet to see the full impact of the pandemic on personal financial situations of many in the church, which may in turn impact how much they are able to give. So we are so grateful to God for the reserves we have prudently built up over the years to cover us 
for a rainy day. However, it is fair to say that a rainy day has come. And as this pandemic goes on, it is becoming a rainy season. Our team is doing all we can to carefully manage our expenditure, but the reality is that we are heading into a challenging financial season. As we look ahead into the coming months, there's a growing sense of hope. You know, people are hoping that this year will be easier than last. They're hoping that the vaccine rollout will be effective, hoping that our jobs and our businesses will be okay. People are hoping their children's education is going to get back on track. People are hoping they'll get a holiday, they'll get to see friends. But those hopes are all dependent on circumstances. As the senior leadership team and others have prayerfully given thought to what theme might best capture what the Lord wants for us this year, we found the phrase, living hope, really helpful. We'll be looking deeper into living hope in the next four weeks. But let me just briefly touch on the meaning of that phrase. Paul uses the expression living hope in 1 Timothy 1.1, describing Jesus. Hope doesn't lie in our circumstances, but in a person. As we saw in the film at the beginning of the service, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on him, our living hope. Living hope also describes the kind of hope we have. Peter in 1 Peter 3 tells us that God has given us new birth into a living hope. Even in the midst of what might feel like a desperate time, our hope is very much alive. And as God's people, we are living hope. We are living it. Under that overarching theme, we want to focus on four key areas this year. First of all, first of all Hope moves us towards connection. We've been socially distanced, physically distanced, disconnected from each other and our loved ones in so many ways. Connection is not just about meeting physically together uh, on Sundays or in small groups, but we will be looking at a whole range of ways to help us gain a greater sense of connection with each other and with those around us. Living hope stirs us to prayer. Our hope is found in Jesus, and so we want to bring everything we do to him in prayer. And this year again, we want to press into prayer as individuals and as a whole church. Living hope compels us to pursue a vision of the church like the one we see in the Bible, where everyone is included, everyone can flourish. During this past year, the Lord highlighted the issue of race, and this year we will continue to press into this journey we're committed towards working towards Trent being a place where people of all races and ethnicities can flourish equally. It's a journey which will no doubt be on for many years to come. And finally, Living Hope urges us into the experience and the expression of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, which is a really important biblical framework for seeing everything we do. We'll be doing a series on the kingdom of God later in the year. So the four pedals we'll be pressing on are connection, prayer, race, and kingdom. There's an invitation today to move from being an attender to becoming a member. To reflect on what you've heard today and take a step towards doing what members do. Some of you only join us very occasionally on Sundays. I'd encourage you to grow in the habit of 
you know, coming to church regularly, whether that is online or whether that is at in-person gatherings. Some of you are not part of a small group. The best way to find one is to fill in a connect form at the connect link or email smallgroups at trentvineyard.org. And if you'd like to try more than one before settling, that is absolutely fine. And even if your life situation means that you can only go occasionally, I still encourage you to join one as you'll be part of a group who will know and care for you. Some of you are not yet committed financially. Perhaps you've joined us recently or you've been with us maybe a few years. You still haven't got around to setting up a standing order. Can I ask you to please seriously think about joining those of us who are investing financially in what God is doing here. And you'll find all the details on how to do this at the Give link. And if you do make any changes, it would be really helpful if you could email giving at trentvineyard.org to let the finance team know. Today, as we look back and forward, we are celebrating some of the things in the life of the church. But this celebration is ultimately about God, the Father of this family and every expression of the church across the world. To God be the glory, great things he has done.